Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets just finishing up a five-game road trip, and ironically, last night they finished it the way they started it in San Jose 10 days prior when they won in overtime. Last night, what a thriller, beating the Washington Capitals by the score of 7-6. to six. Jody, that was a game where the Capitals were celebrating uh, Alex Ovechkin, and then they got an early lead, and it looked like the Blue Jackets were going to be in trouble in that game. The Capitals were controlling everything, and then all of a sudden the Blue Jackets methodically started working and turned it all around. Yeah, it was great to see their effort. And, and you know, we always like the Blue Jackets team that we're used to, and that's one that just won't go away. And I think all season long, you expect that effort out of this team. And, you know, to see it last night in Washington against the Capitals, big night for Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, a wonderful ceremony, uh, just celebrating him, passing Gordie Howe, becoming the second player uh, in in the history of the NHL and goal scoring now tracking down Wayne Gretzky and it was a festive atmosphere and and you're right they got out to a wonderful start up three nothing which sometimes can be uh, tough for teams when you get that lead early in games especially at home against a team that's in the bottom of the of the of the National Hockey League standings and you know the Blue Jackets just wouldn't go away Tarasov made some saves Blue Jackets had a great penalty kill in the second period. And then they had momentum, and they got that first goal, and then they showed some life, and they kind of played free, and, and they did a good job on the forecheck, nice job defending, and then battling back. It just, you know, you, we've all been a part of teams, and, and when you can have a comeback victory, it feels even sweeter. So nice to see him get that on the road. Good to see Tarasov get the victory. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's been pulled the past few games. There was a lot of bright spots in that game. Adam Boquist, of course, with two, almost three goals. Uh, Roslovic picked up two, including the game winner. Uh, there were some good things out of Patrick Laine in the center of the ice, and, and he's got to feel good about him. his face-offs were much better, something he wanted to work on. So when you break down the individual parts of the game, uh, the Blue Jackets did a nice job getting that win, and it was good to see them get on the plane last night on the way back to Columbus after a long road trip and feel good about themselves because, you know, at the end of the day, they're at the bottom of the of the standings. I know everyone's talking about the lottery this this off season, but these guys and these coaches are putting in a lot of hard work to try to put this team and and put a game plan together. And last night it worked. So hey, it's there's nothing like winning. And and today waking up on a day off, I'm sure they all feel much better than the the previous four days. Patrick Line playing center has been a story the last couple of games because he had never done it. And all of a sudden in Vegas, uh, they decided to put him there. He played uh, against the Golden Knights. And then last night he played against the Capitals in that position. Uh, he's come up with multiple points in games uh, playing there. Uh, he's, uh, he's been no more noticeable, and a lot of the reason for that is because he's got to be down in the defensive zone uh, in front of the net and along the goal line, which he has been. Um, but over, what are your thoughts overall? I mean, when it came out in Vegas that he was going to play at center, it was kind of like, <laughs> hey, that's yeah. funny. But he did, and and it's something apparently he wants to do. I know you talked to him yesterday in the dressing room. I don't know if I've seen him as engaged and excited about doing something as he is about playing center right now. Well, that's what I love about it because Patrick Laine is a very interesting person, and he's one of those players that came in as a goal scorer in the National Hockey League as a winger and had success early. And, you know, he's very hard on himself. I mean, you ever listen to himself, he he's always, has, always has a self-deprecating crack. You know, it's, it's comical. Like, he, he's, he's a funny guy. 
but he keeps it light, but he's also a, a guy that expects so much more of himself, and I think it's inside and outside pressure. And there's times you'll watch the game, and he admitted it yesterday when I talked to him, where he just is not totally engaged or it doesn't feel like he's totally involved in the play. And he says he knows that center, you know, you have to work to be available all the time. On the wing, sometimes you have to wait for the play to come to you. Sometimes you're on the weak side of the play on a breakout or in the neutral zone wondering if it's going to come your way. We're in the middle, you know, you think about basketball and you set up that attack triangle everywhere. The center ice position creates that attack triangle, and it's, it's the person that has to be aware of where to be, how to be, how they can keep the play moving uh, in the defensive zone. And on the faceoff dot, I mean, that's the first battle. So you have to be ready. You can't be a little bit dozy on a puck drop. You've got to be totally ready to fire it up and, and get that puck back for your team for the for the plan to work. So, you know, those are all good things for a player like that. And, and you know, who knows how long it's going to last, but – at some point when he goes back to wing, he's going to understand the defensive zone a little better and maybe a little more work out of, okay, if the puck's been dumped in my corner, I have to go throw my big body around and get it back for the center or for the rest of my teammates. So there's more there away from the puck, and I think that's the one thing with line A is, you know, he scores, what, say he scores 40 a season, and I think we talked about this last week. You know, it's 35 shifts. He's got goals on. What are you going to do the rest of the shifts? What is he, What are you contributing the other times? And I know Brad Larson has had these conversations with him. What are you doing the other shifts? I mean, there's, what, hundreds of other shifts you're out there for. And at center ice, you realize that, hey, there's a lot going on in the middle of a shift. So I like the experiment. I think with the team in the situation where they're at, it's a perfect thing to try to do with any one of these players. And with Liney at six foot five, if, if, if he plays the rest of the season there and doesn't do it again, at least you know that he wanted to do it and he tried it and maybe he's available to try it again. And if he does do it and he somehow gets good at it, uh, then all of a sudden you have a six foot five centerman that you didn't have. Yeah, I mean that would be ideal. Right, exactly. And then you know, then, then when you talk about contract structure and how everything fits in the salary cap, everything looks a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> if it's a centerman, everything looks better when it's a centerman. You were talking about uh, Patrick and how uh, self deprecating he is at times, and about faceoffs. And he was not good in the faceoff dot in Vegas. He was much better last night. Uh, here's a little package that uh, Bally Sports put together with Patrick talking about faceoffs in particular. And Sean Corrali, who actually came into Washington, D.C. yesterday and worked with Patrick during the morning skate on faceoffs, is a little part of this, too. Here it is. I don't know much about faceoffs. You know, that's never been uh, something that I've worried too much about as a winger, but you know, now uh, it's a little, more, a little more important. So try to ask the guys who've done it for, uh, for a longer time and kind of kind of ask for tips and stuff like that and uh, you know it's the same thing if they ask me about you know shooting I'll, I'll try to help them as much as I can so it's kind of the same thing with uh, with face-offs with uh, with those guys he's got all the tools he needs really he's, he's big and he's strong and he's got uh, a long stick a strong stick so I think it was just more about us talking through it a little bit um, he asked me a few questions and um, you know a lot of it is just experience and um, talking about but I think he can he can get it done and he can get done pretty quick I think he's he's smart and a savvy player uh I'm like kid uh you know before Christmas it's uh you know it's just uh exciting to get this kind of chance and um obviously for me I feel like I've been kind of kind of going back and forth with winger kind of like 
Um, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, but it's just like it feels like it hasn't been going the way I wanted it to go, my uh, development and all that. But um, I feel like now, as a, as a center, I feel like that could uh, you know open up some new things for me and obviously try to get better as a player. And there it is, uh, talking about playing the wing. It hasn't gone the way he's wanted it to go. And as he said, for my development, it hasn't gone that way. It's almost like he's using this as a chance to help the team, yes, but also kind of stimulate himself and wake himself up in some ways. Yeah, I was going to say spark, but you're right, stimulate. It's it's interesting how athletes work because he can be frustrated on the wing, it sounds like, and he wants more of himself, and this is pulling more out of his, his responsibilities. And the word he used that I love is excited. I mean, he should be excited. I mean, this is a player that comes in with high expectations. You go back to training camp with Johnny Goodrow, creating that chemistry, uh, who is going to be the centerman there, and now all of a sudden here we are at the, the last quarter of the season and or less than that, and he's moved to center ice. If you would have had that in your bingo card in training camp, we all pro- we'd probably still be laughing at it. But, you know, it's the situation at hand. So uh, credit the athlete Patrick Line for wanting to do this challenge, but also understanding that he needs something to be challenged with, and he sees himself in this position and you got to love that out of an athlete, out of, out of a player, out of a person, because it's so easy not to ask to do it. It's so easy not to be there. Uh, so good for, good for him. I hope it works out the rest of the season. And I think that Pascal Vincent really uh, wraps up everything about Patrick Line and about making this move at this point in a season that has gone like this one has. Here's what Pascal had to say. A guy like Patrick, like we just don't even know his potential yet. This is his limit, uh, his, his ability to... Uh, be an elite player uh, as a center, as a wing, as a forward. Um, we just don't know his ceiling. He's, 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 a, he's an elite player, and if he takes on that role and becomes an elite center, then the organization will benefit from it. Yeah, they, they don't really know. That's a great point. He's been here for a couple of years now, Jody. And Pascal Vincent knows him better than probably anybody because he was in Winnipeg. He was an assistant coach with the Jets, and he was the head coach uh, with the Manitoba Moose there. So, but he, he's been around Patrick Line, which I I think it's just coincidence uh, in some ways because Brad Larson had to leave, but Pascal Vincent takes over as the acting head coach, and he takes a guy that he knows pretty well that wants to try something different, and he gives him the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, wh- and I go back to why not. You know, that that's part of what's happening here in Columbus. Try to see what you have uh, with players in all situations and test them. And I think you've seen that with guys on power plays, players up and down the lineup. You've seen players get tested in different situations. Um, so it, it's it's a fascinating thing to think about, and it's something that, you know, I remember Ken Hitchcock put Sergei Fedorov on D because he wanted him on the ice more, understand the D zone. He's such a good skater. Maybe he can carry the puck and get it out of your own end. And the first thought is, well, what, what are you doing here? But I think he did it before in Detroit, too. So it was one of those things that, you know, why not try it again? And it, it's interesting to see players in their skill set and see them in different roles. And then, obviously, the biggest thing to see how they embrace it or what 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 they're made of and how they accept it. So uh, I like how, how Pascal and the coaching staff with Brad Larson, I'm sure they all talked about it, put this in place uh, to see what it's all about. And when you have a big guy like Patrick, who's not just a shooter, he's a good passer and puck distributor, he can make a play through the neutral zone, uh, it, it makes more sense today than it did 
four days ago. Right. <laughs> and I, I love that they just put up with Johnny Gaudreau and Kirill Marchenko, too. Yeah. Like, not even messing around. Okay, you're going to play that position. We're going to put you on the top line here. Today. Oh, it has to. I mean, you can't put a player like that on, on a limited role or, or uh, less minutes or, you know, maybe swap him on the second line. But, I, yeah, exactly. Put him right there with the skill and let him go to work. And it's also kind of helped. Uh, I, thought, I thought last night in that game – Kent Johnson was more noticeable to me. He looks more confident with Boone Jenner in the middle of the ice. And Roslovic as well on the wing. You know, Roslovic picks up those two goals, and uh, I know one was uh, three on three. I mean, it's a different situation, obviously. But when you have Roslovic, and was the other one the power play there in the middle of the ice? Yeah, it was a quick little pass. So when you have Roslovic in the wing but gets to the middle in those different situations, you know, there's – there's just something there. You see the game differently in different positions. And, and for me, Boone Jenner with those two guys, that's the that's the conduit. That's the, the glue of that line that drives it. And then you have line A that's, you know, I think Johnny, when you see Johnny with line A now, he's really understanding Patrick line A and maybe more so in the middle of the ice. And maybe that opens up Johnny Goodrow to make the plays that we saw him make last night and have the option. You think about it, he was looking for Patrick across the ice all the time. So now Patrick's a little bit closer to him. Maybe that helps that situation. Yeah, we'll have to see because it appears as though it's going to continue, but uh, we'll watch with great interest because it's been fun in the first couple of games. Speaking of trying things that are new, the Blue Jackets got a new player this week, and his name is Hunter McCown. They signed him from Colorado College. He is going to join us as the Inside Edge continues, but I'm also going to remind you to renew your season tickets by March 31st and guarantee your seats for next year. If you go to bluejackets.com slash renew now, you'll find you get some big savings and also a chance to win one of over 1,200 prizes. The Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets next play on Friday night against the New York Islanders at Nationwide Arena. Quick stopover and then right back out on the road again. Jody, it feels like we've been on the road for a month and we're going again. Feels like, yeah, we haven't been home, but it's good to get home and get a new pair of socks and get back on the road. <laughs> well, one place that we were on the last road trip was San Jose, and our next guest actually is from San Jose, and now he's a member of the Blue Jackets. Hunter McCown signing out of Colorado College this week. First of all, welcome to Columbus. I know you haven't had a chance to take in much yet, but it must be a great feeling for you to be here. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier to be here. Um, you know, got in last night, and I'm, I'm pumped to get going. All right, tell us about the process. You're in college. You play a couple of years of college, and you're a college-free agent. You can sign with anybody. I understand there were a lot of people knocking on your door. Uh, how did you go through the selection process and wind up with the Blue Jackets? Yeah, so, you know, just playing throughout the year, and, and different teams come in to watch and stuff and uh, talk, to, talk to scouts, and then, you know, as you get a uh, better feel of, of the situation, you know, you kind of get deeper in with the organization, and um, you know, met with uh, the front office, and and I absolutely loved the uh, the feel I got from Columbus, and um, you know, they uh, great city, great organization, and and I'm really excited to be here. What were the things that were most appealing to you? I mean, obviously, you're here, you're going to get a chance to to play in the NHL coming right out of college. I'm sure that's a really big thing for you. But what were the other things that that you just liked? The message that you got, and you said, "Hey, that really resonates with me." Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, the the opportunity is great, and you know, I. I lived. I spent some time in the Midwest. I lived in St. Louis, and and I heard nothing but great things about Columbus, uh, being a, a midwestern city like that. And um, you know, I I've always wanted to get back to the Midwest, and and it was a, a huge appeal for me. And, and like you said, it's just the feel I got. It, it was the right fit for sure, and and I'm really happy with the decision. 
So you grew up in San Jose. Yes. What what part of San Jose? Uh, Almaden. Oh, that's yeah. I used to live out there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to many Sharks games? Or do you remember your first one? I my first one. I I was like really young. I was a I was a you know I was a little kid going sitting on the glass. I I was really young. I don't I don't remember the first ones. Well, what are the highlights you remember? Like obviously, there's been some legends come through there. Yeah. No. We. Uh, I remember the. Uh, I think it was the O. Five or 06 playoffs I was at that like Sharks I think it was like third round or something I'm probably messing all the stats up here but um no I got to do that I got to like go in during the lockout season when like uh you know the logo is gone nothing's on the ice got to like walk around in there but no I I did about everything you could have as a little Sharks fan growing up did you meet the Sharks players not a ton honestly um I played for uh for Curtis Brown out there um, so got to meet a couple guys through him, but um, but no, I didn't. I didn't honestly meet a, a ton of them back then. Now he's a great guy, Curtis yeah. Brown. Yeah, and you play with him. How was minor hockey out there? It was good. You know, I I played there till I was fourteen. Um, I would have loved to have stayed. We just didn't have a ton of numbers come around for uh, that U fourteen season. So we we felt like it was time to to find a new spot, and and that's how we ended up in St. Louis. But no, I, I loved growing up and playing there. It was it was so fun, and obviously, you know, you got the rivalries with the, the so- SoCal teams in, in L.A. and Anaheim. Um, but, no, it was a great spot to grow up. So your family moved for hockey, or did you move? Yeah, we moved for hockey. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, a little unexpected, but it was it was such a great move. Like I said, we, we absolutely loved being in St. Louis. It was a, a great fit for me, and – you know, I got so much support from from the coaches there, and um, you know, I was able to go on to the U.S. program after that. And I, you know, it was a, it was an awesome spot for us. Do you have brothers and sisters? No, just me, which so, makes it easier. Okay, yeah. and your dad must, mom and dad must have jobs that they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my mom's uh, actually a children's book author, and and my dad's a uh, he works for a tech startup, so you can kind of be wherever he needs to be for that. And how did you get – like, St. Louis has a great minor hockey program. So did they recruit you, or did you kind of say, hey, we, we're moving here, we want to try out? Yeah, it was actually pretty interesting. You know, we, we had some friends that are in St. Louis, and, and we kind of, you know, we're talking to them, and, um, you know, they told us a bit. They had a couple connections with the with the youth program, so we kind of reached out to them and, and just talked to uh, to Jordan Janes, who ended up being my coach that first year, and, and he was, you know, so helpful, got us out for, for a quick little tryout, and – um, it ended up being great. I played for Al McKinnis my second year there. Yeah, we've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? <laughs> he's great. It's awesome. Yeah, and he was he's big time for me, you know, huge supporter of me and he's helped me along the way. Oh, and he's a good friend of the organization. Well, I mean Yarmo Kekalino knows him well. Yep. Uh that that's uh that's a great story. So why weren't you drafted? Hey, that's a great question. No, I, I was uh <laughs> At the U.S. program, I didn't play a lot. Um, you know, I was a fourth-line guy, and I, I kind of went in there as a, you know, naive young young kid and with, with a lot of skill that kind of thought I had it all figured out. And um, I, I had to learn some big-time lessons. And, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm so glad I learned them then because they've been such a huge, you know, propeller for me at the next level, learning how to work the right way, compete, um, and just play the game the right way overall. Um, so like I said, I didn't play a whole lot, so I didn't get seen. Um, and then, you know, I ended up at Colorado college and, and it kind of flew under the radar a little bit there. Um, and, and it ended up being the best thing for me because, you know, I, I got to, you know, test free agency and, and, 
go through that whole process and, and really find a, a spot that fits me the best, like Columbus. And did you have Mark Stewart as a coach there, former NHL player? How oh, was yeah. he to have? He was the best. We, we all love Stu. He's obviously in Edmonton now, but um, he was unreal. You know, like like you said, everyone everyone loves that guy. Such a quality guy and, and just fun to be around. We loved him. And that gives you an inside track when you're around those NHL players, right? They give you a little more confidence in situations? Yeah, absolutely. You, you can kind of pick their brain at all times. Like, you know what they've been through. Obviously, Stu played for such a long time. Um, he was and, a hard-nosed player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Played with some some unbelievable players, too, that he, you know, picks things up from. And so he's he's always, you know, when you have a guy like that to kind of just whisper in your ear in practice, like, oh, hey, try this or this, like, it, it, it adds a lot. And how did you get to Colorado College? You said it was a little under the radar. Did you have other options, or was that just – the fit that you needed yeah no it, it, like I said it, it was a little under the radar um, it wasn't on my radar at all as a, as a school for me um, and they kind of came in out of nowhere last minute when I was deciding with schools and you know I, I was like ah, I'm not sure and I thought you know I'll just give it a quick look and went out for a visit and absolutely loved it and, and felt like it was the right spot like like I said, I didn't play a lot at the program, so I, I wanted to go somewhere where I was going to go in and, and get that attention right away and be able to kind of regain some of that confidence with the puck. Um, and, you know, I was able to do that right away, and it was a perfect spot. It's pretty awesome your parents moved to St. Louis. Uh, very involved with your hockey, obviously. How much were they involved with this decision? Yeah, they, they've been the biggest piece for me. Obviously, my number one supporters, and like you said, they've, they've moved all over for me, and I, I can't thank them enough. Um, but this decision, I, I kept them out of it a little bit, you know. Um, they, they, they trusted me with it, and, you know, we, we thought things through. Obviously, I always, they're always there to, to bounce things off of as, as questions and ideas. But, um, no, I, I tried to do this one kind of on my own, and, and I'm, you know, they, they're thrilled with it, so – that's good. And we're happy you're here. Yeah, thank you. We're talking with Hunter McCown, who just signed with the Blue Jackets this week. And I'm just listening to you tell the story about, you know, Colorado College not really on your radar, and all of a sudden you wind up going there because you're looking for opportunity. And and then the same thing here with the Blue Jackets, you know, uh, an opportunity to get a chance to showcase your skills. And uh, you're going to take it up several notches, of course, you know that. Uh, but um, it you have to pinch yourself at some point. I mean, here you were playing as a fourth-line guy in the U.S. program not all that long ago, and, and here you are at some point going to make an NHL debut before the season ends. Yeah, no, it's it's incredibly special. You know, I, I, there were some, some tough years there for sure at the program, and, and even freshman year at, at CC, it was uh, – you know, some days where you're where you're not sure how it's all going to work out, and you know, definitely some some hard conversations to be had. But um, can't can't be more happy to be here right now. It's like you said, it's pretty surreal. Um, definitely gotta gotta pinch myself every now and then, but so happy and and just uh, I'm I'm really excited to be going. And some guys go through that process where they're good and they get drafted, and and the road is kind of laid out for them all along the way. You know, Jody had to work for everything that he got to get his chance in the NHL. And and just listening to that, I think I think you'd be so much of a better person for everything that you've gone through, the adversity, the learning, the having to make these choices of of where you're going to be. I know that's a long way from now, but that should be an experience that someday you're going to be able to look back on and, and realize how much you've grown in these last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it allows me to kind of come in these situations now with a, a more humble approach and and really you know 
be grateful for for what's going on and and obviously I'm so glad to have learned those lessons that I did then because those are such big time pro lessons that translate to that pro level um so you know I feel really grateful that you know it was it was tough then but um I'm glad to have that you know in my toolbox now going to the next level all right so what kind of a player are you so I, I would say I'm a power forward. You know, I got some size. I can skate well, and I, I got some good skill. got a good shot. But, you know, coming into the league, I, I got to be hard-nosed and, and, you know, play that power forward style role um, if I want to stick around. So that's what you're going to get. You're listed as a centerman. So is that is that what you're hoping to play? I know you'll do whatever they ask you to do, but is that what you're hoping to play ultimately? Yeah, you know, I think I, ideally I'll, I'll play in the middle. Um, but like you said, I, I'll play whatever they tell me to play. I've, I played a, a good amount of wing this year, though, as well um, at, at CC. So versatile, you know, I'll play whatever. But uh, ideally, I think my, my game lends itself to the middle better, the way I skate. What was your uh, skate like this morning? You skated with a couple of guys in your first go-around as a Blue Jacket today. What was that like? Yeah, it was so fun. I got out there with uh, with Kenny, and he's full of energy and, and kept it Kept it quick and, you know, good pace out there. Got to meet a couple of the guys. Obviously, Zach Wierenski's a, a pretty big name and a pretty special player. So to, to be on the ice with him was pretty fun. I, I've seen him, you know, skate a number of times in, in Michigan in the summer. So, um, you know, maybe he recognized my face. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, it was really fun. Fun to get out there. And, you know, like, like I said, I'm so excited. Did you get to shoot on Elvis today? No, I did not. You didn't? No. They, they didn't trust you to do that yet? No, I, you know, I don't know. He was testing out some new gear or something there. <laughs> oh, that's the day to shoot on him right there, <laughs> right? See what you can get out of that. I did know. you know anybody in this organization before you came here? No, I didn't. Not at all. Um, you know, I, I've kind of I've skated with Blankenberg before, but really don't know him. Obviously, him and uh, Kent Johnson have that Michigan connection, and um, – you know, I, I know probably half that team. So, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about those two guys, but clean slate. What uh, do you know about the organization? Do you follow you follow NHL hockey? You have a favorite team? Did you really dig in on this team and where they were at? Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge hockey nerd. I That's kind of all I spend my time doing away from the rink is, is watching hockey and, and keeping up to date on all that. Um, I, I never had, like, a real favorite team after we left San Jose. I kind of felt like, lost that connection there but um I I would kind of just I would pick favorite players and 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 watch their teams the most um but obviously as I kind of thought that Columbus might be uh the op the option to go with I I started to zero in a bit more watch some more Blue Jackets games and, and try and get familiar with all that and who would be your favorite player uh my favorite player's gotta be Austin Matthews you know he's uh such an unbelievable talent and uh, American guy and um, just a, such a special player. You know, I look at the schedule. Have they told you you're playing this week? They have not. Okay. I look at the schedule. You know where they're going? I, I, I saw. Montreal, oh, yeah. New York, <laughs> Madison Square Garden, and Boston. Yeah, it's a it's a gauntlet right there. No, but think about the, the buildings I and know. the fans. It's probably the three most – Famous arena. Yeah, in it's incredible. I mean, this this is. Uh, I know you. I, you just missed the Western trip, which was which was a good one. But uh, this league is special for many reasons. And, and you say you're a hockey nerd. What do you think of the the landscape of the of the NHL right now and these te- top teams? Who do you think? Who do you like in the uh, in the East? Yeah, the East is a beast right now. That's for sure. Um, I mean, you can't really argue against the Bruins <laughs> no. this year. Those guys have been absolutely rolling. 
But um, no, I I think uh, there's a couple teams that are gonna make some noise. Got to can't sleep on the Devils this year. They've they've obviously had a couple good runs, and I think they'll be able to make some quiet quiet little plays in playoffs here for sure. Um, I'll go with those are those are my two picks. Obviously, been a been a Matthews fan, so I've watched a lot of Leafs games. Um, they gotta they gotta get out of the first round there this year for sure, but. Um, I've I've always enjoyed watching them. You got any buddies around the league that are playing right now? Yeah, my my uh, roommate at the program, uh, Jake Sanderson, we're oh, best, yeah. best friends. He's obviously ripping it up in Ottawa, having a great year, um, and uh, we play play them soon. So you know, hopefully, I get to get out there and and give him a couple cross checks or something. Now his dad played here. Yes, yeah, Jeff. So he was here for quite some time. Jake was only here when he was two years old. I think he was born in Montana or Calgary. But uh, we're big fans of Jake Sanderson too. And he yeah. said, "You're right. I mean, he's really come on strong." Oh yeah, no, I think he's you know he's got a real high ceiling as a player. Such a hard worker. Obviously, I like I said, I got to live with him for for two years. So you know, I I got to see how he works and operates as a as a guy and. Um, you know, there's no, no secret as to why he's where he is right now. And, and Jeff as well, you know, Jeff, I talked to Jeff a little bit after, uh, after signing and, and he, he couldn't be happier for me. He loves it here. And he's like, you're, you're in good hands. That's for sure. That's fantastic. Hunter McCown, newest Blue Jacket just signed this week. You mentioned about being a hockey nerd, but outside of hockey, I was looking at your, uh, your bio and from Colorado college. It says you're you're a big history guy. You yeah. like to read history books. Yeah. Where where did the interest in history come from? All right, this is actually kind of a crazy story. So, uh, growing up, I uh, went to the just like the local little video game store and and picked out a random game that happened to be uh, Assassin's Creed, which like oh, they yeah. all <laughs> they all go through different hi- uh, time periods in history. But I think I was in like second grade at the time, and I like just fell in love with history and and ever since then it's been you know my favorite thing to learn about and and research and you know just kind of find new things to to look at in my free time and so we got video games to thank for my historical love (laughs) yeah for all of you people out there that may think that video games are not good for kids obviously (laughs) they're very good is there is there a certain uh do you just like history as as a just a broad picture or are there certain eras that uh, that you like the best yeah i mean history is a broad picture for sure there's so many uh, unbelievable time periods to learn about uh i think recently with all the documentaries out like i've been pretty into the world war ii stuff obviously pretty crazy time to to learn about but there's so much uh you know different levels to that era that to learn about that have been really interesting See that, Jody? We had a college kid teach us something today. <laughs> well, what did you study? Did you study history in college and Political science. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, set to take a minor in history. We'll see how that turns out. But I've taken plenty of history classes, yeah. But poli-sci was, was an easy pick for me because it's kind of got that, you know, influence into it. So, Did you make a promise to your parents? Because you left a year early, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made a promise to, to, yourself. to myself for sure. I, I'm, I'm pretty close, to be honest. I've got... One poli sci class left, and then uh, just some some general credits to get done. So hopefully, you can knock that out pretty pretty quick over a couple of years. What's it like the workload for a student athlete? Do, it's do a you lot. have to adjust? Yeah, no, it's it's a lot, especially at Colorado College. It's it's a really you know highly academic school. Um, we we're on a the block system there, which is interesting. It's uh, you take one class at a time for 
for three and a half weeks and then you're done with it. Oh, I could do that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Did you like that? Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's fun. There's there's pros and cons to it because, you know, it moves quick, but it moves quick. So it's like when you're on the road for games, like you miss a day that it's like the equivalent of missing a week of school. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a lot, um, but it, it was good. You know, I, I we were able to keep up with it. I had a couple couple of buddies that were political science guys, and we tried to kind of knock it all out together and take sort of the same classes, and we had a good time with it. Yeah, I think I would enjoy that, Bob. <laughs> but the, missing a day would I, be – Yeah, I, mean, I love that line. Be stressful. Jody's like, three and a half weeks? Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, until you're like <laughs> playing hockey, training, trying to sleep, and oh, yeah, I didn't do that last oh, yeah. Yeah. project. Yeah, exactly. That would be uh, – it does get tough. I, and I don't think people realize that. You know, you you watch the, the football stars, the basketball stars, the hockey stars, and all these these guys got it made. You got it made, but you got to be doing your schoolwork too. Some can get away without doing it, and they're going to be just fine. Not everybody, right, Hunter? No, ex- exactly. Like uh, like I said, CC's a it's a pretty academic place, so there's not a lot of room for uh, for slacking off there. And, and Coach Mayotte certainly doesn't let anybody uh, miss out on any classes. That's good. You mentioned your mom earlier in this interview. She's a children's author. Yeah. Would we recognize her? Is, is her she's done some like novels or graphic novels? What's she? Yeah, she's kind of gone from picture books, uh, you know, like little little kid books, uh, all the way up to now. She's writing probably I don't know like a thousand page kind of like chapter books for like middle school or like fifth grade age range. Um, and yeah, she, she writes under Allison inches or she's got a couple different pen names for different series. But, um, but yeah, she's got, she's got over 200 books written and you know, she's been doing it for a long time. She's good at what she does and she's, uh, she's fun. She's fun to be around. She's still got that childlike sense in her. She's oh, funny. That's good. Are you, have you been a character in any books? Maybe, maybe a couple. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to read them and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hunter, thank you so much for taking time to uh, to sit with us and talk. It's great to meet you, and it's a great story, and we can't wait to see you get on the ice and, and continue your personal story, and then someday we can't wait to see you after you retire become a politician because you'll be all ready <laughs> right. to get right into it. So thanks so much. Uh, enjoy your time here. Best of luck to you. Thanks so much. All right, that is Hunter McCown. He is the newest Blue Jacket. He was just signed as a free agent this week. Jody Shelley and I will wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Ticket plans for 2023-2024 on sale right now. They start at just 11 games, and you can choose the seats that you want and the games that you want, and you can save up to 28% in the process. For details, go to bluejackets.com slash ticket plans. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley back with you here, getting ready to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge. And Jody, as the games are checked off for every team, the standings get tighter, and they even look much uh, more different than when we talked about them last week. And it's uh, it's really turned into a race now at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. This is kind of fun to watch. Yeah, oh, it is for sure. And, and you look at what's happened with the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, the Florida Panthers, as we sit today, are, are one point ahead and are in the second wild card. And there's a lot of talk all year about that team. And were they going to get in? I mean, they're talented enough to win games. Uh, Bobrovsky's the key there with, with the goaltending, of course. And it looks like they might be able to squeak in, but it, it's far from over, Bob. I mean, you got over 10 games left for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have 12. The Washington Capitals, I mean, they think they're still in it, but that was a you know big point last night. They're still um, 
they're still five back of Florida. The Islanders coming in here Friday, uh, that's a big game for them. I mean, they're 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 three ahead of the Florida Panthers, and you know we remember when you're getting chase is one thing, but you're also looking uh, to to try to create some kind of gap and find some find your game more importantly. And it's uh, you know the te- I think the teams that you expected to be there are there. I'm not sure if the Penguins are going to be able to get back in, but why would I doubt them? Because all season long, it's been one of those things like, ah, oh, the Penguins are getting old to start the season. They come flying out of the gate. They teetered a little bit. They made some adjustments. They they like what they are. They're not playing with a lot of urgency at times. And I know that, you know, their top players are great, but they need their bottom players to play a little bit bigger role. And their goaltending has been a little bit tough this season. Jari hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, And the Rangers, Devils, and Carolina, they've sealed up the top part of that division, that uh Metropolitan Division. So, uh, and those matchups, if you look at them, if if it's first round Devils Rangers, which it might be, uh, those are that's an exciting matchup. Leafs Lightning. We know that that's going to be the matchup. And who are the Bruins going to play? Do they play the Florida Panthers? Do they play the Pittsburgh Penguins? Is it the Islanders? So lots to play here, uh, play for down the stretch, and we're going to see some of these teams that are in these dire straits. Yeah, another thing about the Penguins, too, when the trade deadline came, they added Nick Benino. They they also added Dmitry Kulikov. Both of those guys right now are on long-term IR. So that's got to be frustrating as heck. I mean, you finally go out, you make some moves, and now you've got two guys that are on the shelf. Um, and, and I don't know how it will all work out for them, but I'm thinking about when we were there just a couple of weeks ago and played, and Alex Nylander made his NHL yeah. debut, and he played a good game, and then he wound up getting sent back down to the American Hockey League. Sometimes you get in those situations, you're forced to put young players in, and you find out that, oh, we could have used this spark. So uh, I don't know. Like you said, Washington last night, they got to be kicking themselves not to get that second point in that overtime loss because if they want to push and they want to have a chance, that's a point they're going to look uh, back on. To me, it's how they lost the game. They had the lead four times. You know? I mean, there's there's got to be that urgency, that stamp on the game. And I think that's the biggest concern, or maybe it's the biggest lesson. Maybe it helps them down the stretch. But to me, they're – they're still not the Capitals that we would expect them to be, and they did make changes, big changes, uh, getting Orloff, uh, trading him to Boston. I lo- You talked about acquisitions and how they're fitting in and with Benino being out on the IR. Uh, you know, you look at what the L.A. Kings did with those two pickups, and we just saw Corpusalo and Gavrikov out there fit in like a glove, smart pickups. To me, under the radar a little bit because you know Gavrikov's name was hot early uh, as far as being traded uh, before the deadline things cooled off a little bit and then he gets packaged with Corpusalo and to me Rob Blake made a tremendous move and not, we know the people so I you know we know Gavrikov and, and Corpusalo and how, how great people they are and to see them after the game I know you interact a little bit with both of them uh I've been there. You go from a losing team to a team that's talking about nothing but the Stanley Cup. Your energy and your life, it just, everything changes. Your perspective changes as to where you're at and what you might be able to do. And Corpusalo's played really well. And Gavrikov is part of the, uh, him and uh, Matt Roy are, are two of the, that's one of the top tandems in the National Hockey League since they've been put together. So, you know, good on Rob Blake. It's impressive when these organizations make these little acquisitions that, you know, and he was patient to get it done and got what he wanted and big boost for their team. Yeah, and no surprise that Gavrikov slides in there like that because he's a second-pair guy. Not when, to us. Right, exactly. But you look back to when he played with David Savard. 
Give him Perfect. a good partner and slide him in on a second pair on a playoff team, and he's going to give you a lot of good minutes. How about all the people that were asking? Uh, you know, people were asking. Uh, we'd talk to scouts would be in the press box, and they'd have that extra question. Well, is it Gavrikov quick enough? Or is he, you know, is he able to keep up? Can he play those minutes? And, and the, I would just simply say you're overthinking it. Right. Right. You when you watch him every day like we did, you yeah. just know. Yeah, you know. Right. We know. And, and, and for a scout that sees him a couple of times, mm-hmm. you got to be there every day. A guy like that, if you're there every day, and you see him in the room and on the ice, yeah, you didn't even, <laughs> you don't even think about it. Right. And when the trade from for Boston didn't go through, okay, maybe that took a little bit away from him. But I think it opened up the door for Rob Blake, and he took advantage. He's the general manager out there in L.A. What did you think of Vegas? I know that they scored seven goals and Eichel had a hat trick and all of that. But, you know, when you look at the Kings and you look at the Golden Knights, there's a chance they might have to play each other in the first round there. Which of the two were you more impressed with? To me, I'm more impressed with the L.A. Kings because they have Dowdy and Kopitar, and their center ice position is very good. With Deneau, uh, that top line is doing some great things. I, I like the way their defense plays. I think they've shored up that second pair. We just talked about it. To me, they're built better for the seven-game series. For, and for me, the Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel, their number one center, has no playoff experience in his career. Zero games, zero minutes played. Uh, I, I think that they're a high-flying team. I love their defense core. They're big. Uh, they're stout. That's really their their strength of their positioning is is their decor. Uh, I don't know. They're you know people say they're not quick enough, but they'll be hard to play against in the playoffs. I think their decor is good, but I think they can be outmatched by the LA Kings in a seven game series. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and watching and the games were different in the game in Vegas on Sunday afternoon. I'm sorry, but just it's your third game in three and a half days. Your day off was in Vegas. Um, I was not shocked. No, but <laughs> they, you know they had more. They had more energy, and they had just been embarrassed on home ice after coming right. back from the East Coast. Yeah, I, to me, I, they're 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 playing a good game. They play good back check smothering D, but um, I don't know. I still think it's one of those teams in Vegas that maybe I haven't given enough credit to this season because there's been a lot of different injuries. Their captain Mark Stone is out. Eichel comes in. He you know came in last year or. Was it last year was his first season with the Vegas Golden Knights? He was injured most of the time. Again, didn't get things going. So maybe this year he gets in there, but I I just don't see him in a, in a matchup situation against Kopitar or Deneau, um having much time and space, which he has to fight for. Well, that Central Division has really taken off here in the last week. Dallas and Minnesota are now tied with 90 points apiece. And Colorado, the defending Stanley Cup champs, they're back to life. They're only two points behind. And congratulations, by the way, to Jared Bednar, who got a big contract extension this week. Yes, he was part of the coaching staff in Springfield and and in Cleveland. With uh, he was with actually Brad Larson in Springfield. There, him and and Nolan Pratt, and he's done some great things and earned his way to that contract. And yet, don't I mean Colorado? If you looked at the prognosticators coming into the season, they were going to defend again for the Stanley Cup, and they've had Makar has been out. Uh, they still don't have their captain, Landis Cog, back. Uh, McKinnon's been out. Rantanen's been on fire. And now they're playing. They're starting to pull it together. And a team like that that figures out their game at this time of year is dangerous. And I think everybody's well aware of that. So uh, I, I think if you can time it perfectly, obviously, uh, if, you're, you know, if you're a great team November, December, January, good for you. 
And you got to find it again at the end of the year. For these guys, they've had to fight for it all year. It might be the best thing for them here to have to push to climb in the standings and get in there running on high RPMs to start the playoffs. And it's really looking like Georgiev was a good pickup in goal for the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, they are rolling. And next week, we'll check these standings again. They'll probably look completely different than they do (laughs) this week because it is that time of the year. I want to remind you the Blue Jackets are at home on Friday night. They will take on the New York Islanders, and then it's on the road for a game Saturday in Montreal, then next week in New York to play the Rangers on Tuesday and in Boston on Thursday. So a daunting schedule coming up for the Blue Jackets. I'd like to thank Hunter McCown for being our guest today. And uh, and Jody, I couldn't have enjoyed that talk anymore. So this, that was yeah, a great Yeah, that show. was fantastic. What a great kid. You could tell he's uh, well-grounded, loved his stories, uh, gave us, really opened up a little bit into Hunter McCown, the person. I think that's uh, fun for everybody to get to know him a little bit like that. So he seems like a, a nice addition just from this conversation and uh, a kid that appreciates everything he's gotten to this point and, and hope to see him in, in, in this game on Friday. And I'd love to see him in, in Madison Square Garden, Boston, Montreal. Well, we'll see. The Blue Jackets have a history of guys making their NHL debuts at Madison Square Garden. So if he has to wait, maybe it'll only be until Tuesday. We shall see. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Inside Edge. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying thanks for listening and so long here on 97.1 The Fan.